he was down there. Yeah, warmed up to being Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to uh, this planning committee. Uh, in case you're wondering, I'm actually not Councillor Vic Ranger. He's actually uh, had to go, uh, been called away, so I'm Councillor Janice Lachlan. Uh, the Vice Chair is on holiday, so um, Councillor Eric Hicks will be acting as Vice Chair today. Madam Chairman, we understand that Mr Ranger, uh, his wife, has had an accident today. Please, could we send the committee's best wishes for a speedy recovery? Yes, thank you, Councillor Chambers. We'll pass that on. Uh, so before I start, um, could you please turn off any mobile phones because it is very disruptive uh, if they happen to go off in a meeting. And um, also... Um, the fire exit there, in case of a fire, there, there are no um, alarms planned, so if you do hear the alarm go, then please make your way down the stairs here, um, and you will be guided out of the building. Thank you very much. Right, apologies for absence. We have apologies from councillors Rangers, Riles and Davey. Right, um, any declarations of interest? Councillor Lodge. Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, we, we have a rather strange situation in that, so I have a situation, I may have, I may have a declaration of interest, and it concerns the appearance on the agenda of uh, particular items which uh, have a query as to whether they should be there. I wondered if you would like to handle that now up front or when we get to those items. Well, I think I should take advice from our legal officer. So, um, Mr. Perry. 
and probably best to deal with it now, Chairman. Okay, well, if you'd like to explain. Yes, yes, it's on to, it's on to four linked applications. I think it's 1660 through to 1664. On, What's the page on, please, Oh, starts on 49. Hill Street, Saffron Walden. And um, the, it's the first line which is the issue, which says that it's referred to the planning committee due to the commercial interest of a district councillor. And this is something which we don't understand, would like to uh, understand uh, further as to why then it appears on, uh, on the agenda. Thank you. I believe it is a, a relative of, um, of a district councillor, but I will ask if anybody knows. Mr. Perry, do you know? Um, I, I don't know, Chairman. The procedure is that, uh, as you're aware, many planning applications are dealt with after it's under delegated powers, but our protocol is that where an application is, um, relates directly to a councillor or a close relative of a councillor, it should not be dealt with under delegated powers but come before the committee. And what's the definition of a close relative? As per the Code of Conduct, husband, wife, um, children brothers, sisters, in-laws, family, yes. rest of family. Yes. Uh, sorry, can family. I just, sorry to interrupt yes. you. Um, apparently yes. Mr. Brown knows who it is, so he might be, yeah. if, you, if you don't mind, Ms. Berry, no. Mr. Brown seems to know. Oh, yeah, I am now. The connection is the, the councillor interest is the owner is the councillor's father-in-law. That is the connection. Yeah, okay, and that, and that is seen as a, a yes. strong enough connection, yes, yeah. Okay, well, that, that then resolves the interest in that the, um, the, the, the freeholder of the property, who is not the applicant, uh, is in fact a member of our political party and a council on another council. So I will declare an interest and withdraw from, uh, from that item. Sorry, Councillor Fairhurst. As was I'm um, Chairman, I'm also a member of the party. And uh, me also, Madam Chairman. Chairman, I'm not convinced that this is an interest that would require um, them to withdraw. I don't wish to disrupt the meeting, but it may be appropriate if we could have a short break at some stage before we get to these items so I can speak to the Councillor's concern and find out exactly what the interest is and what their position with regard to that interest may be. Thank you. I think that's a, a good idea. Are you happy with that? Yeah. Right. Okay. Right. Uh, sorry, Chairman. Uh, I also need to declare an interest in as much as the agent in the first application is known to me under 0643 um, from serving on a parish council with him and the architect on the second application 1541 is also known to me. Uh, I'd also like to uh, declare um, a non-pecuniary interest uh, in this application for the same reason I served on the same parish council with uh, uh, Councillor Mills and the individual concern. Thank you, Councillor Hicks. Any more? No? Anybody else? No? <laughs> We'll go to the minutes of the meeting held on the 
5th of August, and I'll go past the, I'll go through those page by page. Um, page five. I don't need to itemise them. But no. Page six. Page seven. Page eight. Page nine. Page ten. Um, and any matters arising from those minutes? No? Okay, thank you. So we'll go on to the first application, which is UTT 150643DFO Great Chesterford, and that's page 11. And I'll ask the officer, Mr. Emmanuel, Elena, to take it through. <laughs> Thank you, Chair. Good afternoon. The application before you relates to land north of Battlemy Close, Great Chesterford. I need to do one or two clarifications before I proceed on this my presentation. There's a hist historical background to this site. Outland application was granted 2014 for 14 dwellings subject to reserve matters. The application of reserve matters is before you today. The application site is located towards the edge of the village of Great Chesterford between a parcel of land currently being developed for 50 dwellings, as members must have seen this morning, and an established estate. The site comprises of an undeveloped scrub land. The issue this afternoon in reserve matter comprises of access, scale, and layout. This is a revised application because the applicant decided to withdraw the landscape details. Therefore, part of my presentation this afternoon will be focused on three issues, namely, access, scale, and layout. The main issue on this application, which has generated a lot of concern, relates to whether the access details will generate an adverse traffic. In your officer's opinion, in the report before you, the answer is no, subject to the condition attached to this report, both on the outline application as well. The second issue is related to the layout. Given the nature of the scope of concern raised by local communities and parish council, the applicant embarked on a mission on this particular application. We drew the first proposed site plan or layout in order to engage the local community and exclude the planning department at that stage, as reported in your committee report. The applicant took the case to local community to discuss the sort of layout and scale that they probably would prefer. From the feedback from that public meeting, the applicant went back to the drawing board and prepared a precise revised drawing before you and submitted it to planning department. We therefore embarked on a 14 days reconsultation and the comments are also before you. In terms of the impact on amenity, as the report stated, he, this is the access to the 
men's side. This is number 17 here. Number 17, as members must have seen, is a two-story building. Originally, the first site plan was to, in this plot one, supposed to be two-story residential dwelling, but they have reversed it now to be a bungalow in order to address all the concerns and issues raised by the occupier number 17. As a result of that, the issue about overlooking impact on number 17 has been overcome. The application is site itself supposed to include up to 14 dwellings, but given the nature of concern raised by local community, the applicant have decided to reduce the quantum or the number of dwellings to 12. And they've all been set back from this angle in order to address issues raised by those occupying this area. Overall, Chair, body layouts, scale, access, are considered acceptable, subject to the recommended condition before you. This application is recommended for approval. Thank you. Thank you. Um, well, we have um, some public speakers. We have uh, Councillor Redfern. Uh, if you'd like to come down, please. I'm told you have five minutes, Councillor Redfern. Thank you, Madam Chairman. Surprised to see you there today. <laughs> um, I, I'm not going to go on. I'm, I won't use my full five minutes because um, th there are um, many members of the constituency that wish to speak on this, and I don't want to repeat um, everything that they're going to say. Um, but I would like to. I would just like to start by saying that um, <clears throat> I do realise this site does have outline planning permission, <clears throat> and I'm, I'm not objecting to its development. Um, in fact, um, myself and the previous chairman of the parish council realised some time ago that we were going to get development on these two sites and um, we did all we could to encourage development <coughs> on both of them to come together. Um, and as you will have seen, the Bellway Homes has come forward on its own, um, followed by this. And it does mean that um, instead of having a, what we would have liked to have seen is a well-planned addition to the village, um, We've now, we're now in the unfortunate position of trying to make the best of the situation that we find ourselves in. Um, and that's not a criticism of the um, applicants. It's just irritating sometimes how, the planning, uh, how planning works for us when we're the um, ones that end up living with it. Um, <clears throat> but as I say, we, didn't, we, we, didn't, we weren't able to bring these two together um, so we are trying to make the best of it and our absolute minimum requirement as a village was that we had um, a cycle and path between the two um, sites and this plan shows that they line up but when you actually overlay the this plan over the existing the one we've had, the one we, we've got, it looks like they don't meet and I really need to know for sure that they do actually meet because to have a cycle and footpath that doesn't, doesn't um, join end to end would be a waste of time. I could be completely wrong but I really would like that to be um, checked out please. Um, and the other um, matter of huge concern to my residents um, in both the long term and during construction is the dreaded word traffic. 
Um, the only access route proposed to this is highly unsuitable for large volumes of large-sized construction vehicles. It seems there are no conditions restricting size, times or quantity of construction vehicles in this application, although I thought the applicant had offered them. This is a densely populated area with pedestrians of all ages coming and going at all times on narrow pavements that are often restricted by parked cars. Tight residential roads lead directly to this site and are already congested and difficult to negotiate. This must be considered and mitigated as best we can. Safety has to be our main concern here. Parking for the new residents after construction also seems inadequate as the whole estate already suffers from the blight of parked cars. Whilst I appreciate we cannot resolve this problem with this application, we can at least make sure that this new addition is not the same. There is much reliance on back-to-back parking in front of garages, which I think we all know encourages parking on the road. What I'm trying to say is that, is this the best that that can be done and are we creating more of the same? I could go on with lots of other points, but, but these will be mentioned by other speakers. And as I've already said, I'm not against development. I just want it to be right and to consider the safety of existing residents. Um, so I will leave it with that. They're just um, minor points that make a big difference to um, us as a village. So I'll leave it with the planning committee. Thank you. Thank you, Councillor Redford. Right. We have an objector. And Andrew, sorry, I can't read this very well. Um, is it Lacquerel? Leclerc. Excuse me, it's in parish council next. No, she's lost. No, sorry, we're not allowed to accept them. No, no, no we're not. You, well, you, you can refer to them, but you're not allowed to give them to us because we can't verify whether they're accurate or not at this time. We need to see them before the meeting. Okay, okay. okay. but thank you anyway. If it's any consolation, I haven't either. <laughs> Um, Good afternoon, my name is Andrew Leclerc and I live a few doors from the proposed development. The proposed access route does not accord with the road types required for safe access to the number of properties served. Figure 1, which you haven't got, um, points B and C, which you can't see, are on unsighted bends. Um, Point D, which you still can't see, frequently has extensive on-street parking. From point E, another bit you can't see, the road is narrower. The applicant's transport statement is full of errors, including the claimed number of existing properties. The road widths or the proposed ac- um, on the proposed access route and even the road names themselves. Point A on figure A, 1, which you can't see. Uh, the proposed access route is further narrowed by on-street parking, figures 2, 3 and 4, which are just photographs of parking. Um, due to the width of the road near the proposed entrance to the site, construction traffic will often find it impossible to reach the site via the proposed access route. I'm not going to refer to the figures anymore. Um, Saturday morning working will cause severe disruption to residents along the proposed access route due to the width of the road and the volume of on-street parking. Residents' concerns regarding the safety of the proposed access have been seemingly ignored. 
Drop curbs along the proposed access encourage vehicles to mount the pavement. The proposed cycle path is too narrow, in the wrong place, unsafe, and correction of the problem will require significant material changes to the layout. Parking provision is inadequate, particularly for wheelchair accessible properties. No tree survey has been provided. Uh, this is a national and local requirement. The proposal would require the destruction of virtually every tree on the site. No bat survey has been provided. No ground levels have been provided. A document has been named by persons unknown to give the impression it contains these levels. Drainage has not been adequately considered at this stage. The proposed dwellings are too close to existing properties and the boundaries of the site. One garden is too small. Wholesale changes to the layout will require that are required mean that scale can't properly be considered at this stage. The application should not have been validated without a site plan showing accurately all the trees on and near the site. The planning officer's report contains errors. In summary, this application should not have been validated. The access proposed is unsuitable and unsafe, and the application as a whole is missing important information, is full of errors and misleading statements, and fails to meet important national and local standards, policies and regulations. Thank you for your time. Thank you. I realise a lot of that doesn't make much sense without this. I'm sorry, we're just not allowed to take them, but thank you. Right. The next speaker is Anne Ross Greeton. Uh, and you have three minutes. Thank, Thank you. you. Right, thank you. Right, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. I'm actually here today because obviously this property or the development is actually going to affect me big time as I'm directly behind the property land where it's going to de develop. Um, my main concern obviously is the congestion and the parking, and obviously the road is in constant use, so danger is there. Um, I have children and they constantly play outside as well. Um, the fact is the noise and construction traffic coming up the road is going to be a major issue for me. At the moment, it is very, very difficult to park outside my house as there's constantly cars parked on the pavement and children are constantly walking up there and you have to sort of avoid all the traffic. Secondly, my other point is I'm, I'm, not concer I'm concerned about the privacy on my property with the house which is supposed to be developed behind my house. Um, I don't really want to have a house overlooking my garden because the land apparently is raised above, so it will be directly affecting my privacy as well. Obviously, this particular road actually is constantly in use. There's lots of blind bends on Spencer Road, Rookley Close, and Barthony Close, and um, Pilgrim Close, and it's obviously lots of traffic on there, and that is my main concern at the moment. Um, obviously, I've got a son also who's autistic, and obviously the change in him is going to be detrimental as well because he's been used to having trees around him while he's been living there and all the noise and construction is going to have a detrimental life on him as well. Um, basically, the main issue here is obviously traffic and congestion really at the moment. Um, I mean, Councillor Redfern's kindly pointed that. And to be honest, I don't want to see um, this privacy gone. That's what I'm really concerned about, all these houses going up. And that's all I've got to say at the moment. Thank you. Thank you. 
We have another speaker, uh, another objector, Victoria Choate. Uh, and you too also have three minutes as well. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Good afternoon. My name is Victoria Choate. I am a neighbour of the proposed development and continue to object to this application. With 124 homes already using a single point of access at Spencer Road, current levels of street parking and loss of visibility, the proposed route is unsafe, unsuitable and inappropriate. The road outside my home is just over 4.72 metres wide. This is the narrowest part of Rookery Close. Parking obstructs the road and HGVs already experience difficulties, regularly mounting pavements to manoeuvre. Given the width of the road and the proximity of the adjacent homes and driveways, the proposed route cannot and will not physically and safely accommodate the size of vehicles associated with site clearance and construction. Vehicles of this size can only travel in one direction at, at, at any time. No other vehicle can pass. This will cause extreme disruption and hamper the arrival of emergency vehicles. The SLR Highway Capacity Study, upon which Essex Highways base their conclusion, is inaccurate and misleading. It does not consider the impact of existing levels of street parking. The proposed route is not compliant with Gen 1 and does not afford safe access to the proposed development. More traffic more traffic to this area will have a severe impact on the safety of residents, their families and visitors. Given the lack of detail, this application does not comply with the Town and Country Planning Order 2013. There are no ground levels or elevations, there is no effective measure of scale and given the height of Littlefield, no reassurance as to overlooking or loss of privacy, Gen 2. There are no drainage details and the layout inaccurately portrays the Bellway site. The cycle path does not link the two developments. As per the 106 agreement, there is no communication from the enabling officer confirming acceptance of the affordable units. I also strongly oppose the removal of landscaping. Landscaping is integral to the layout of any development. There are approximately 90 trees within the field. The trees are not plotted on the site plan, there is no tree survey, no arboricultural impact assessment and no assessment of amenity value. This development does not support the loss of so many trees. Loss of trees is a material planning consideration. A tree survey is required where development affects a conservation area. The recommendations of the ecology report are not adhered to. The rowans to the southwest boundary are omitted from the report and the retained rowans incorrectly plotted on the layout. There is no bat survey and for all of these reasons I ask the committee please to decline this application. Thank you. Now we have a member of the parish council. Um, who came? Who you asked to speak late? I believe uh, that's why I put you here. I hope you don't mind. And you are Colette out of Pakalova. <laughs> it's, it's not me. It's the writing. <laughs> Good 
I'm Colette Alzapamkova from Great Chesterford Parish Council. I apologise, I've not done this before, which is why I didn't realise I had to put my name forward. Um, I want to reiterate that the Parish Council is not against development of the site. Um, however, development in the village does need to be both sustainable and safe. And we don't feel this application fulfils those criteria. Um, there are issues with the substance of the application and issues of process. Um, the landscaping and layout, the trees, the plot sizes, parking, they've been, um, they've been discussed before, um, and the cycle path, which, again, doesn't appear to meet up with the corresponding path from the Bellway site. Um, more importantly than that is the access. Um, the roads leading up to the site are already have problems. There are parked cars, cars mount pavements to pass each other. There are difficulties when the bin lorry is there and cars are trying to get out. Um, construction traffic is only going to make that worse um, with lorries needing to get access to and from the site. And there will be ongoing issues when there are new residents who have their own cars and also need to get in and out of the site. Um, and we have concerns over safety. There are many families, many old people live in that area. The houses on the site seem perfectly designed both for families, you know, with some five-bedroom properties and for old pe older people. The pavements need to be safe in places that are already, already not as wide as the um, Essex guidelines, and that's only going to get worse. Um, there seem to be some, defect, some um, defects of process as well. Um, there's, we've had it reported to us that there's been a delay in publishing and responding to comments on the website. Um, and we don't actually feel the documents of the meeting really accurate, accurately reflect the level or number of objections there have been. Um, and more importantly, in many instances, um, this application doesn't seem to meet Uttlesford's published standards from the local plan of 2005. Um, we feel these deviations really are so extreme that no reasonable planning authority can countenance the proposal. Um, we don't want something that's substandard and unsafe or non-sustainable in the village. As I said earlier, we are very, very happy about development of the site, but that we really feel that this application is not safe, not sustainable, and that a decision to approve it would really be wholly unreasonable. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, before I throw it open to uh, councillors, I'd just like to ask Mr. Alana a question. Um, we were asked about the cycle uh, and footpath and the fact that they don't meet. Could you um, perhaps tell us more about that? <coughs> On this revised uh, site layout, where I'm now pointing is 1.8, which is the standard for footpath, can take you into the site. Now, in terms of access, from here, this book there, from this point to that point is five meters, and uh, that is considered uh, um, appropriate. Let me go back to the previous. Uh, here we are. Now, from this point here to that is five meters, which is the standard appropriate highway um, uh, accessibility standard. 
from that point to this point is 1.8, which is also standard for access and uh, other issues. Now, may I use this opportunity to uh, address other highway matters which uh, um, they have raised on this uh, particular application? If, if I could refer members to paragraph uh, uh, 10.23 of my report. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry, Mr. Alano. I'm told that the agent would like to speak, so that's that's my, my mistake. I'm so sorry, but if you'd like to come up now, sorry. Nine minutes. I'm told you have nine minutes. <laughs> Thank you, Madam Chairman. Uh, my name is Paul Sutton. I am from Cheffins, who are the agents for this planning application. As we've heard, outline planning permission has been granted last year um, for up to 14 dwellings on the site, and all matters were reserved at that point, and this application deals with the reserved matters in respect of access, scale and layout. The applicants have worked hard to try to resolve many of the issues raised by local residents, and to allay the fears of the Parish Council. Following a presentation to the Parish Council in June this year, significant changes were made to the proposals and the layout was subsequently revised to address a number of issues. These revised proposals were then presented to a public meeting in July this year and further amendments have been made since then. Essex County Council are the local highway authority and when the outline planning application was considered last year, they stated the following. There are two possible means of access, either from Rookery Close or from the recently consented site to the north, the Bellway Homes development, which exits through Stanley Road onto Jackson's Lane. The conclusions drawn in the Transport Capacity Study are that the proposal for 14 dwellings can easily be served off either the gated site accessing Rookery Close or from the site for 50 dwellings currently under construction. I consider, and this is not me, this is the County Council's officer, the document to be accurate and agree with the conclusion that either access option would provide adequate highway capacity to serve the site and would not give rise to any highway safety issues. And that's the end of that rather long quote, but I think it is important because it goes to the um, acceptance by the local highway authority of the access to the site. The Highway Authority also has no objection to the revised proposals for only 12 dwellings as the development is not contrary to the relevant transportation policies contained within the Highway Authority's development management policies which are adopted as supplementary guidance. The principal concern of local residents and the Parish Council relates to access to the site from Rookery Close, a long residential cul-de-sac which together with Spencer Road and the adjacent cul-de-sacs currently serves around 120 dwellings. Spencer Road is a purpose-built residential access road that accords with Road Type 3 of the Essex Design Guide and is therefore capable in highway terms of serving up to 200 dwellings. The latter length of Rookery Close has a slightly narrower width of carriageway, around 4.8 metres, and therefore accords with Road Type 4 of the Essex Design Guide 
This would therefore have a theoretical capacity as a cul-de-sac to serve up to 100 dwellings. At present, the final length of Rookery Close, where it adjoins the application site, serves a total of 20 dwellings. There is therefore, in highway terms, capacity to serve the proposed development of 12 additional dwellings. As is common with many other similar residential areas of this period, increased car ownership, lower original parking standards and the loss of garages to provide additional accommodation have all led to higher levels of on-street parking. This development of 12 dwellings cannot be expected to solve these existing problems and the marginal increase in traffic generated will not adversely affect highway safety and this is a point on which the local highway authority also agree. The proposed development will, however, provide off-street parking for all the new dwellings in accordance with current adoptable standards in terms of the amount, location and size of parking spaces and garages. In addition, four visitor parking spaces are proposed, one more than the adoptable standard requires. An adequate turning for all vehicles, including refuse vehicles, has been designed as part of the adoptable highway. Given this level of parking provision within the application site, we do not believe that there would be any increase in on-street parking along Rookery Close over and above that which already takes place. Detailed landscaping proposals do not form part of this application, as we've heard, but it should be noted that the Council's tree officer has confirmed that, and this is a quote, none of the individual trees or groups of trees are considered to be of any amenity value worthy of being made the subject of a tree preservation order. The hedgerow on the northeast boundary of the site has some merit, but this could be retained and, and enhanced as part of the detailed landscaping proposals. The proposed site layout plan also demonstrates that there would be sufficient space within the development to allow new tree planting at significant points within the site. Other detailed matters that are being raised by objectors can be adequately dealt with by planning conditions, which Mr Alana has alluded to, such as a construction method statement, which would deal with, for example, access for construction vehicles and also surface water drainage. For all of the above reasons, we would strongly support the Planning Officer's recommendation to this committee that planning permission should be granted for these details of access, scale and layout only. Um, and just to add finally, um, we are um, absolutely convinced that the layout is correct and that the footpath cycleway does line through with the plans that we have of the Bellway development. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Thank you. And I apologise for that. You weren't actually on my list, so I didn't know. No problem. And Mr. Allen, I'm sorry to cut you off in mid-flow. Would you like to carry on? Thank you. This, the, the proposed cycle route that I'm pointing out here, part of the strategy is to link it up to the current development behind the site here. So it flows from this end, if you see where I'm pointing at the moment, part of the strategy is also to link it up with the uh, current uh, 50 dwelling being under construction at this end. Now, which makes the whole scheme quite very sustainable and environmentally friendly. The other issue I'm trying to raise, I'll bring to your cl further clarification based on the issue raised by local members, is paragraph 10.23 of my report. 
I stated there that the proposed four to five bedroom properties have three off-road parking spaces and all, and all of the other dwellings have two. In order to address the concerns raised by local residents, the applicant have provided four visitors parking spaces on the site, one above the level needed for a development of 12 dwellings. Such changes will ensure that there is minimal on-road parking as a result of this proposal. It is therefore considered that it will not exacerbate the existing problem as each dwelling has the required amount of parking. That has to be noted. Furthermore, paragraph 10.24, I move on to say that the movement of traffic along this stretch of road to the application site was also a concern. Earlier studies submitted as part of the original submission detailed how this access is suitable for a development of 14 dwellings during the outline application stage. Therefore, the scheme under consideration is for 12. No concern raised by the highway authority in terms of the proposed access and off-street car parking spaces. In addition, the highway authority have recommended an appropriate planning condition in order to protect and safeguard the amenities of the, air, of the area and traffic within the vicinity, as reported. The other issue probably I would like to clarify here uh, regarding um, landscaping, although landscaping is not part of the issue before you, in consultation with our landscape officer, may I read this out? He advised as follows. The hedgerow on the northeast boundary of the site is of merit, consisting of Hunton, Field Maple, Common Private, Sycamore, and Dog Rose. The mixed belt of fair pine, lilander, cypress, sycamore, and laurel along the southwest boundary does provide some screening, but is not considered to be of a significant amenity value in its own right. The northwest boundary vegetation is relatively poor, consisting of um, elder and sycamore. The southwest boundary has a sparse vegetation, consisting of a few lilander, cypress, and sycamore. As a result of that, the, uh, the landscape officer felt that uh, the issues in terms of vegetation and trees along the side, which is not protected, is not of any amenity value. And uh, taking into consideration the, the application before you, applicant is reinforcing more tree planting. Finally, issue regarding other wildlife, which uh, the last uh, uh, local residents have stated. The ecologists, for example, advised this afternoon as an update, the site is enveloped on three sides by housing and further to the east of a road. There is a very limited bat foraging habitat in close proximity, other than the river slightly further afield. The ecology report did not identify any suitable trees for roosting bats, so it is very unlikely that the bat scene would have emerged on site. The bat may have been foraging, but foraging, but foraging Commuting habitat is really only protected if the habitat in question is to be altered or removed to the extent that it affects bat dispersal. This is not the case on this site as it doesn't connect to any significant habitat for bats, woodland, etc. The maturation of grassland may theoretically attract reptiles species, but he considered that this will be highly unlikely due to the site isolation and limited connectivity to the surrounding landscape. So that altogether, in conjunction in, in terms of the report before you, the application itself uh, has even addressed ecological issue, um, wildlife, 
and the issue regarding landscaping, as I said, will be further reserved matter to be presented. However, the applicant used this opportunity to introduce more trees in order to screen the boundary treatment. Thank you. Thank you. May I ask you, I asked on site this morning about the trees um, because I wondered whether they would be deciduous trees which lose their leaves annually uh, and don't really provide much screening. But uh, am I correcting that you will, when the, uh, tree, the tree people come, well, the landscaping officer will agree the trees that should be planted there? Because there's no use planting something for screening that doesn't screen. That's the point I'm trying to make. That opportunity, uh, the, the council still have that opportunity to reinforce those trees you're talking about during the landscape detail stages. And we will ensure that has, will be introduced. Thank you very much. Well, I throw it open to other councillors now. If, are there any questions or anybody like to say something? No, I'm sorry, I'm not allowed to. You're not allowed to speak now. I'm so sorry. Uh, I'm so sorry. I have to reject this application. Well, I'm, I'm sorry. This is not. You've had your chance to speak. Uh, but I'm, I, it is, that is the rule. They are the rules. I know. I know I, I know you feel strongly, and I do understand that. But, but no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can't. No, I'm sorry. I can't allow you to speak anymore. I wish I could, but they are the rules, and I'm not allowed to. I'm sorry. Councillors, any anybody like to speak? Councillor Freeman. Yes, thank you, Chairman. Um, we already have a consent on this site, so that is a done deal. There are going to be houses built here if the owner wishes to build them. Um, I notice if you turn to page 17 of the um, collected document, uh, you refer to conditions, and I think a lot of the concerns could be mitigated by the appropriate conditions. Uh, for example, the people living around that field uh, will be living on a building site for several years. Uh, and they'll have all of the construction materials brought through their, uh, their own, past their own dwellings in many cases, uh, and all of the builders will be doing and throwing. And th this is the nature of the beast, but it falls to us to condition things appropriately so that they minimise the impact upon the people who are already living there. And if you turn to the bottom of page 17, uh, you refer to a uh, construction method statement uh, unfortunately, I think it's not terribly specific, and Madam Chairman, I suggest that it should be made specific as part of the conditions. And ones that I've just um, written down whilst we were discussing this, by no means exhaustive, but to give you an example, uh, you could condition no weekend working on the site, because there are people that live around there. Uh, you condition no working after 5 p.m. on the site for the same reason during the week. You condition no deliveries after uh, before 9 a.m. in the morning, after 5 p.m. at night. Similar sorts of reasons during the week. Perfectly reasonable, Madam Chairman. It's in the middle of a housing estate, and you're going to build however many houses uh, it will take well over a year. Uh, no off-site parking. The hard to do, but nevertheless, if you want to develop a site like this, it's no different to working in the middle of a town, an existing town, and redeveloping a site in the middle of an existing town. Uh, it means that the developer loses some of the profit. It's harder to work, but that's the way of it. If you want to develop the site, um, and I've also put in, uh, just scribbled down, that um, it would be good 
if you did not have partial occupation of the houses as they're built, this is a commonplace thing amongst developers. You build a house and then you sell it and people live in it. And the people that move in live on a building site until the last house is finished. And again, I can see all sorts of problems with that. So I suggest that the officers condition this approval um, very carefully because that will mitigate against the, um, uh, the damage done to the community in this construction. On the issue of the construction management plan, um, my honest opinion is I think the suggested condition goes far enough. I think it is very difficult to have conditions about hours of working um, because it's difficult to actually monitor it. I mean, you know, as may, members may have seen, we've got a number of building sites in the district and very, very difficult to monitor the it. The public will monitor it. Yeah, there's also an issue over reasonableness. When you get to the final stage of the houses being finished, and we're getting to the point where kitchens have been put in or, or walls are being, um, being um, plastered. Hours are not really an issue at that particular point. At the very beginning, where you're doing major site clearance, and that we all agree the, most, the, the big impact from the construction issues is at the very beginning. So, members' decision, I would, I would urge that you're away from hours of operation. But if there's any other issues, like we've got parking, loading vehicles and site operatives and visitors, I think that is the main issue. I think it's the access to the site that seems to be the critical issue in terms of construction traffic. I think it's once you're on the building site, I don't think there's necessarily an issue. I mean, we've got the Bailway site that's, that's currently finished, which kind of finishing off 50 minutes, but members need to make a decision on that particular matter. In terms of having a condition res restricting them to have, be partially occupied, that condition is just personal completely unreasonable in terms of is how, the how they actually operate their site. The site will be, they will have to have development, any developer would have to have properties to be occupied and sold in order to build the rest of them. That's the way that it works. So I think that's actually unreasonable. One condition I was going to suggest while I'm on is there, and I can understand Councillor Redfern's comments about the linkage issue, about the footpath issue. We are satisfied that the footpath can, can be linked through to the railway site, but we could put a condition on saying no occupation shall take place until a formal plan submitted is that actually links through. Um, but I'm satisfied it does link through. And if it doesn't link through, then there is issues over. Um, over um, the, but that's a clear message that we need to be given very on because I do agree. Thank you. Well, I do find myself agreeing with, um, with Councillor Freeman about the construction traffic. I think if we don't put some condition on there, we could have lorries trundling on at 10 o'clock at night on a Sunday, which I think is unacceptable for residents. I wouldn't like it, and I suggest that none, nobody here would like it. Um, is there no way that we can put on a condition uh, about external working or construction? Because when you get to internal works, um, it's not going to be as disruptive as it is when you've got a cement lorry uh, coming up the road. Is there no way we can differentiate between the two? It's very difficult to f differentiate if you've got issues over construction. A traffic, go a traffic going down a public highway, that's what you're basically doing. You're restricting traffic going down a public highway, which is not within your gift. And if you're in a position and to, actually, to actually say that a vehicle cannot go down a road, this is going to sound weak, but it's a very strong way in which I've seen that it actually works in terms of construction traffic. Quite often, the best way forward is to have early meetings at the very early stages. That site is going to be a challenging site to be constructed. There is no doubt. If members, you know, the site will ultimately be developed, and it will be a challenge to actually develop that site without causing. And quite often, quite early on, having early engagement meetings between the developer, because we haven't got a developer at this stage, a developer 
the parish council maybe, and maybe the couple of residents, with myself possibly, meeting with them to actually have rules of engagement. That works. That does work. Because, quite, because the developer wants to get on and get off as quickly as possible without causing disruption, and it does work. But it's within your gift to put hours, but I, I would find it very difficult to actually enforce those conditions because you're actually restricting the use of the public highway. That's the problem. Sorry, I think Councillor Fairhurst had his hand up first, and then I come to you, Councillor Lodge. Madam Chairman, I must concur entirely with Councillor Freeman's um, conditions. I don't think they're unreasonable at all. I think they may be unreasonable from a developer's point of view, but from the resident's point of view, they clearly are very big issues. Yes, it has, it's, a, it's a done deal, but if you can mitigate the, the, the conditions of living in the environment, you have children living there, I think we should consider those as conditions that makes it more adjustable, and it's something we can then support. Well, it's for members to make that decision. Uh, can I just ask Mr Perry, um, do we take a vote on that or something? Because I've never known this to happen before. Well, the procedure should be, Madam Chairman, for members to propose um, approval with appropriate conditions. If they want to add to the conditions that are already on the report, they can do so. And then there's a vote on that particular motion. At the moment, there's no motion before the committee. Right. Well, perhaps we should do it that way. Would that... Would you be happy with that? Yes, I'm just finishing off that first. Councillor Freeman. Would well, I'm happy to propose, Madam Chairman, that there is no weekend working on this site uh, and no working after 5pm during weekdays. Right, OK. Well, that's on the table at the moment. Do we have to do that before I ask Councillor Lodge to come in, Mr Perry? Madam Chairman, no. Um, that's in addition to the conditions on, so you're proposing approval subject to those conditions and the additional two conditions you're proposed. Okay, Councillor Lund, you wanted to speak. Did you want to speak? Oh, sorry, we need a seconder for that, sorry. Well, I'm happy to second that from the Chair. No, you've proposed it. Yeah, can I, before we can... The conditions are that there is no weekend working and there is no working on the site during weekdays after 5pm. These conditions incidentally were imposed on the Waitrose development in the middle of Saffron Walden and they worked. It's right next door to an old people's home. You can condition things, you can mention the hours and we should, we should use those powers. I wanted to check whether there was additional conditions that I've suggested that members may want to take on board. There's one that regarding the, the footpath issue to ensure that there is, you know, before any, before any property is occupied, we have clarity in terms of the plans to show the linkage from the footpath from this site to the bailway site. I'm, I'm happy to add the footpath condition as part of that motion. Councillor Lodge. Thank you. I'm on a different topic, <laughs> so That's apologies. Fine. <laughs> um, there's, there's been massive concern by residents about um, about the access, about, about Rookery Close, the narrowness of it, and um, you, you've heard a lot about that. Um, in in my other role as Essex Council, I have been pushing Essex Highways to respond adequately to this. 
particularly in that there's a strong contention that it falls outside of the Essex design guidelines. And I do not believe we've had a, a proper consideration from Essex Highways on this. Um, I would actually like to propose a deferral and to ask Essex Highways to be present at the next meeting so that the issue can be considered properly and, uh, and that we can um, look at the access in a most considered manner. So I, I propose deferral on those grounds. Can I just be clear, because you've, because you've proposed a deferral, there can be no further discussion, can there? Needs to be a, um, a, a second and then a vote in favour of deferral yeah, for lots of discussion. Well, if somebody would like to propose that and second it, I would second their proposal. Do we have? Can we have a vote on that? Is anybody? Does everybody? Agree? So we're favour against. Oh, uh, who's in favour of the motion? Yeah, for deferral. Against? So that will be deferred. Thank you. Right, we now come to number UTT 15 stroke 1541 stroke FUL Thaxted. And we have um, Councillor Oliver. Oh no, it's the officer, isn't it? I told you this is my first time as chair. I've got to get used to it. <laughs> Thank you. That's very kind. <laughs> well, it is. Well, I'm laughing. I'm not sure about anybody else. Right. So, Mr. Mills, would you like to give your presentation, please? Good afternoon, members. Okay, this application uh, is an application for six dwellings on the site of Artington on the corner of Orange Street and St. Clements in Thaxted. It's in the Thaxted Conservation Area. The land slopes downwards from east to west and accommodates a bungalow and detached garage. The application, as I say, is for planning permission to demolish the bungalow and garage and to erect five houses and one bungalow with associated landscaping and garaging. Planning permission was granted in 2013 for a six-dwelling development of a different design. Each dwelling would be provided with a private garden and parking would mainly be provided in a rear parking court, which would also accommodate two visitor spaces. The drawing at the top of this slide shows the proposed street scene along Orange Street, and the drawing at the bottom left shows the appearance of these houses around the corner at St Clement's. The drawing on the bottom right shows the front elevation of one of the two detached houses facing St Clement's. Consultation responses include those from the Highway Authority and the Council's ecological consultant, and there are no unresolved objections. For the reasons set out in the officer's report, it is considered that the proposal accords with the local plan and that there are no material considerations which indicate that planning permission should be refused. It is therefore recommended that planning permission be granted subject to the conditions listed in the report. Thank you. Well, we have no speakers on this application, so I will throw it open 
to the committee. Uh, does anybody want to say anything? Councillor Freeman. Thank you, Chairman. Um, I think this is a good application uh, and seems to have looked fairly carefully at the Essex Design Guide. The only point I would raise uh, is that may we see the front elevations of uh, the, the, the ones facing Orange Street. Thank you. Now, the feature of Thaxted is it's a very hilly place. Uh, and this means that you get features where you have steps up to front doors. That's a very good example. You can see three separate houses. All of them have got steps up to their front doors. Do you have the rear elevations of those properties, please? The rear elevations. Uh, that's unfortunate. Uh, the, my point, Madam Chairman, is uh, there is somewhere a thing called, and correct me on this, I haven't got it right, but something like design for life. So as you become older and more infirm, you have to get in and out of your house and you actually end up not being able to if you have a wheelchair or if you have limited mobility. And those three front doors would be challenging for folks with limited mobility. Now, obviously, you can't fix them all. You can't alter the fact that it's on a hill. Uh, but it's important to think about, and obviously nobody has thought about this, this is why I asked for the rear elevations, because it's possible that you could have an entrance on the rear which you get into easily. But I think the design for life, just because somebody's aged, become aged, or maybe you're young and you've broken a leg, you've developed a disability, whatever, having to move house is not a good reason. Uh, for that, that's not a good reason for having to move your house. And there are very good guidelines which we don't seem to apply uh, for making a house habitable for the entirety of a person's life. And I would like to see at least as a condition, Chairman, one or two of these properties designed with that in mind. It would be a, a step forward in my view. Um, yeah, so what you're talking about there, lifetime home standards. So they, we do apply those to, to all applications for new dwellings. What we have, so yeah, you're right, there's two of these here that just have the stepped access to the front. The one here, the other side to that is this one here, which does have level access into that door there. So um, that one doesn't quite have the same problems as these two. This is something that we had to discuss at an earlier stage of this project as well with the Access and Equalities Officer. There were a few issues, things like parking being quite distant from properties as well, and there being steps access. Um, I haven't got the rear elevations, but I can show you, at least on the block plan, what they have at least done, as, as you appreciate, that it is a sloping site, so that it's difficult for them to, to make this work. But what they've done is, from the rear, there is gently sloping access into the rear door of those two properties. So, admittedly, it's not level access straight into the front door from a parking space, but the parking is located adjacent to the properties. It's through the gate, and then it's up level or gently sloping. So... There is, it's possible to access all these properties in that way if there's some form of mobility impairment. Um, it's not perfect, but it's considered that it's close enough to meeting our standards. Councillor Hicks. Thank you, Chairman. Um, I have to agree with Councillor Freeman. I think this is um, a, a very well-planned site. I've I think the um, visual appearance of the houses is very much in keeping with the uh, street scene in Thaxted, and uh, um, I would like to um, propose its approval. Do we have a seconder? Councillor Mills? Seconded. Nobody else wants to say anything? So, 
Can we have a vote on that, please? All those in favour of the approval? Okay, that's unanimous. Right. We now come to UTT 15-184-FUL Langley, which was referred to the committee by Councillor Oliver. And, oh, I've got uh, <coughs> Samantha Stevenson would like to give her report. Thank you, Chair. With reference to SUPREPs, members will be aware that a supplementary representation has been received from the agent revising the design of the proposed garage to remove two of the three proposed roof lights, just leaving the bathroom roof light remaining. In addition, on the 8th of September, from the neighbour, uh, an additional representation from the neighbour concerning the scarlet malachite beetle has been received, um, with a response from Essex County Council Ecology. I've also circulated today, there's copies on your desk, further correspondence from the neighbour on this matter, and again, Essex County Council Ecology's response to it. Uh, if the application were to be approved, a condition and informative suggested by Essex County Council Ecology will be added regarding site clearance and construction methods. The application site relates to Longview, which is a two-storey, five-bedroom detached dwelling located outside of Edmund Limits in Langley. The site is located on a hill set considerably lower than the adjacent property, which is located over 40 metres away to the south. These are just the existing plans. The application is for the demolition of the existing dwelling and garage and their replacement. It would be located on the existing footprint, but slightly larger. You can see the dotted line there on the plan shows the existing footprint. A new garage building with attached games room is proposed to the south of the site along the boundary. As part of the application, a section of the adjacent farmland within the ownership of the applicant is proposed to be incorporated into the domestic cartilage. This is the side elevation looking towards the field. This is the rear elevation. This is the side elevation towards the southern boundary. And this is the front elevation. The dotted line indicates the height and outline of the existing dwelling. This cross-section drawing shows the ground level difference between the existing and the proposed dwelling. No, sorry. This one. So you can see again the dotted line shows the existing. This is the garage elevations, and this is, we have received a revised plan since this, which omits two of the roof lights, as I said earlier. The proposed development is considered to be of acceptable size, scale and design, and in keeping with the pattern of surrounding development. The proposal will have no detrimental impact on the amenity of neighbouring residents. There is no objection on ecological grounds. The applicant has demonstrated that there is off-road parking provision in accordance with the adopted office of parking standards. The proposal is considered to be acceptable in accordance with the relevant local plan policies are recommended for approval subject to conditions as listed on pages 37 to 38 with the added ecological condition and recommendation, recommendations as informative. Thank you very much. Um, we have Councillor Oliver who would like to speak. If you'd like to come down, Councillor Oliver. I believe you have five minutes. I believe you have five minutes. Thank you, Madam Chairman, and thank you to the committee for their time to come and see the site earlier today. 
You'll have seen the present house, which is already the largest in a scattered community of cottages. And in fact, if you look on your last bit of your notes today, you'll see that they're all cottages. No, it's not there. It's the picture in the... There, they're all the cottages there. There's no other house as such. Thus, the, the application is to pull down this house and replace it with a much larger one, albeit slightly lower in height. It's also proposed to pull down the double garage and replace it with a much larger building, three-car three car garage plus a bedroom and bathroom and a gym. The proposed house already has five bedrooms, so why another, unless there is an intent to turn this into a yet another house? The comment in your report, 10.9, states, it, referring to the new building, would replace an unremarkable building with a more attractive building, more in keeping with nearby dwellings. <laughs> All these other dwellings are cottages, none of which have more than three bedrooms. So I don't quite see how it's in keeping with. I'm not sure if there is, a, this is an accurate statement to claim that a large five-bedroom house is more in keeping than a smaller but four-bedroom house. And then in 10.13, it is stated that the garage building is larger and moves slightly closer to the boundary. It is certainly larger. As I said, it looks more like a house and has, to my mind, every appearance thereof of another house. It is more than slightly closer. In fact, it is built not on the site of the old garage or even part of it. It is pushed as close to the boundary as possible. I'd remind the committee that the UDC has more than five years building supply and the inspector when, discuss when dismissing the UDC's proposed plan in December last accepted that that was so. So here we have a proposal to build a replacement house outside the development envelope of Langley Village, a village which is in fact not sustainable on the normal measurements. The only assets it has is a pub, a post box, and a bus shelter. I would, ex would suggest that to accept this will be contrary to your policy and that of the government to do so, and I'd remind you LPS7. And also the previous, uh, a previous government inspector's suggestion, and it's worth referring to what that inspector said when he rejected the appeal to build a similar building on this site. The planning inspector upheld the council's original decision, stating that, as there are many other similar sites in the vicinity, I consider that a grant of permission in this case would encourage further similar applications, which would then be more difficult to resist, thus undermining the purpose of the established restraint policy and harming the character and appearance of the countryside. Thank you. Thank you, Councillor Oliver. Well, we have an objector, uh, a Mr. Joe Walsh. And you have three minutes, Mr. Walsh. Yeah. I am. Um, I'll, I'll try to be clear and quick. 
Firstly, I'd like to talk about scarlet malachite beetles. Some weeks ago, we sent through evidence to the planning department uh, indicating, proving that there were scarlet malachite beetles in the land adjoining the application site. The, the uh, planning department then submitted that information correctly to the ecologist. The ecologist then <coughs> responded on this at some length, and at the end of that, she said it doesn't seem appropriate to instruct a survey on the application site for beetles. So that, to me, looked fine. But then later I looked at the report, and uh, in the ecologist's report, he said there is evidence of malachite beetle living close to the planning application site. To remove any residual risk of harm to the malachite beetles, I recommend that the habitat is cleared by the developer in the summer months when the beetle is active and can naturally disperse away. To me, simply looking at this, I say, hang on, if there's a possibility of this beetle being on the site, why don't we just get a survey and find out? So I put that to the planning department and asked them to circulate that information to you, which I assume they duly did. And then I got in touch with, on the recommendation of an ecologist friend of mine, I got in touch with Bug Life, who did the original surveys. And what they said is, is that no survey had been done of the application site. It had been the adjoining fields. And last night, I got a response from Sarah Henshaw, the lead ecologist from Bug Life. She said, you should request further surveys because there is a likelihood of the species being present there are historic records and recent records nearby, so there is a significant chance that they are pre present on the site. Before an application is determined by the Council, they must be in possession of adequate information on the species that are found on the site and the likely impacts of those. Remind the Planning Department of their duty under the NERC Act, I don't know what that is, which requires them to have the species investigated. So I've sent that information this morning and I understand diligently Sam has circulated that. So I don't understand why we don't just ask for a survey because Bug Life have said that they will be doing further investigations themselves into this anyway in the, in the coming weeks. So that's topic number one. Topic number two is, first I want to say thank you very much to the planning committee for coming out to have a look at the site because my concern when I spoke the last time was that the information in the application was misleading and that it can I ask you to wind up now yeah. okay. finish up but if you could be quick please yeah. okay. well basically the outbuilding is huge it looks like another house from the road it's moved very close to my property and uh, what I'm suggesting is can we please have it the same size as the original garage single story garage and in the location it is beside the house, not, not close to my boundary. And there's one remaining window which overlooks my property. I don't understand why they don't move it to the other side of the slope of that building. So thank you very much for visiting again and thank you for listening to me. Thank you.
I'd just like to clear up <laughs> this confusion, if you like, about the scarlet malachite beetle, because reading our report, it does say there's no evidence of it there, and any building that should take place should be done in the summertime, and you have put an advisory on, informative on that, uh, so as not to disturb them. Could you perhaps give us some more information on that, or do you think you've given us sufficient... Uh, we did have an additional response today from Essex County Council Ecology, which I have circulated. Yeah. Um, and to summarise it, that um, an additional condition has been recommended, and that is that, uh, well, I can read it to you, works involving any habitat clearance in the southwestern corner of Malachite Meadow to accommodate the new garden shall be undertaken outside of the Scarlet Malachite Beetle active season, which is April to June inclusive. Um, and the reason for that to re remove any risk of harm to a section 41 priority species. So... Um, that, in addition to the informatives, I think would cover, um, because there, there is a very limited um, life cycle of the beetle, and I think it, 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 they hatch in April, um, and then by the end of June they're gone. So that would cover. Uh, Thank you, because the report does say that it didn't seem necessary to do any further um, studies. So I just thought I'd ask you that. Uh, and the other thing is, I know that this is next to some cottages, um, but further down the road, I've noticed, in Waterwork Hill, there's quite a lot of large houses. Is that correct? Because we didn't go and see all of those. So um, could you tell me if I'm right? Yes, you're right. Thank you. Okay, well, I'll throw it open to the floor. Um, Councillor Chambers. Thank you, Madam Chairman. Uh, Madam Chairman, uh, being a local person and Langley being part of uh, God's Little Acre up until the last uh, um, boundary change, uh, I know this well. I, I have no objection with the house. I remember when there was a small house there and there was a small house and it's gradually grown. There is nothing, I don't think, on planning reasons to refuse it. What does concern me is the garage or the so-called garage where you have a garage and you have a bedroom above with a shower room, and I believe there's a swimming pool there as well, or something like that, it seems to me as though it, it isn't in keeping. It, it isn't in keeping with the, with the cottages next door. It isn't in keeping with, with the site. It's the garage. It's not the house. The garage itself, if it was just an ordinary garage, even if it was a three-tier garage with nothing else and slightly lower... I think would be fine, but to have a, a large, uh, how can I put it, annex like that, because that's basically what it is, I would have thought would have been contrary to our planning policies. I might be totally wrong. But. Elaborate on that and perhaps give us some more information. Is it a swimming pool and a car wash? Or? No, no swimming pool, I suppose. Our parking standards do require three parking spaces. So... That's why the, the um, applicant is applying for a three-bay garage. Um, we, it, it could be used as annex, that's true. There is a games room, a hobbies room attached. Um, but I'm not sure, you know, any new application, if, this, if the concern is that it will be turned into a new dwelling, that would require a planning application. It, they, it couldn't just happen. It, you know, it can't just happen without a planning application. So I, and we do approve annexes and we do approve outbuildings of this nature. Can I come back on that, Madam Chairman, please? Well, uh, yeah, can I just say that if, if somebody thinks that that is happening, then they should get on to enforcement. Well, of course, yes. and I'm sure Councillor Oliver would be the first one to notice it, and if he didn't, I would. But, but all, I'm, all I'm trying to say to you is that, that I think in the countryside like that, 
the garage is totally um, unsuitable for the area. You visited it this morning, so you know where it's, it's up a hill and what have you. But it seems to me that if, if the garage was lower, it would actually be uh, compatible with the cottages next door, and it would be there for what it's supposed to be, to accommodate two, three, four cars, but not a bedroom and a, a, a shower room upstairs, and a games room. Well, I can see Mr Brown chomping at the bit there, so perhaps we ought to let him say something. What members need to... And uh, you've just clarified some of your concerns a bit more there, because it's not... The concerns are not what this garage could become, because um, if it's going to be... A, if there is a request for it to be turned into a dwelling, there would have to be a planning application. And because we've applied, approved it, does not mean we're obliged to make it into a separate dwelling, and I can, can show you examples of ones where we've refused it. Um, to have a reasonable an application for a garage which can be used as an annex, which is dependent on the main dwelling, is quite appropriate. I understand the one next door has actually got a residential annex on that particular property next door as well, so it's not extraordinary. What members need to be considering is ignore the house for a minute. Well, don't ignore the house. If the house was there and we had an application for this garage, would members have concerns about it in terms of its size and its impact on the area? Because you're getting it all as a package, if you're concerned about the garage, then you have to refuse the whole thing. You, you can't pick and choose. So that's, that's the question. In officers' view, the garage is proportional, because the house is large, and so the garage is large, and so that's why it's all proportional. Did you want to come back, yeah. Councillor James? Yes, please. I understand yeah. that. But it, it, is, it is out of keeping, and you actually use the right words now. It's disproportionate to what the surroundings are, not the house itself, the surroundings. Because they're all, they aren't, they're, fit, they're nice houses up there, there's thatch cottage, fleet cottage and what have you, but they're all fairly low level and to put that garage there would just spoil the whole countryside as that part is. Unless of course you're going to allow development between that and the house down the road. And I don't think that's within our... Well I was going to say, that's members call. Members have been there today, they've seen the surroundings and they can make that call in terms of... Councillor Hicks. Thank you, Chairman. Um, I, I think we start from the position that uh, Councillor Chambers started with. He said it's a big house, and of course it is. It's a very big house in the countryside. Um, there are lots of them in other parts of the district, and uh, it's not uncommon for them to have a large garage block and, in some cases, um, annex-type accommodation. Um, and I've, um, in this particular instance, I see no uh, especial objection to it. I don't think the overlooking matter, which was referred to by one of the speakers, is really relevant. It's a, a bathroom only, and in, which will be um, uh, suitably uh, glazed, and so um, and overlooking, I don't think, is an issue. And so, in my view, it's perfectly in order for someone who owns a large house on a large piece of land to have a large annex. It's not uncommon. And uh, I I would support it, but with, uh, with it conditioned that it uh, all remains always as, a, uh, as an annex to the main um, property not, um, and cannot be converted to separate occupation. Let's ask the Oracle. No. I think that, that would be difficult because they're not even proposing it as an annex. So it, is a, it is a larger than normal garage with, with facilities in it. Um, 
I would argue that it's not necessary because, you know, in order to change it into a separate zoning, it's not. So I think maybe the term annex is wrong. So, you know, you could only use it for... Again, I would argue it's not necessary, but if members are, my, if members are concerned, they could attach a condition which said it should only be used for domestic purposes, incidental to the enjoyment of the, the approved house. I would argue that's not necessary, but... So we members, can condition You can condition it, but I wouldn't mention the word annex because an annex hasn't been proposed. Very well. Okay, so, uh, but and, and the point is, with that building, it's on what, it is large, but it's not out of context of the size of the house, and in my view, it's, it should be allowable, um, subject to the fact that it will always remain as part of the house and not converted to, to um, a separate dwelling, which is always the fear with this sort of um, development. And so, um, in fact, if that, um, uh, on that basis, I would propose approval. Do we have a seconder? Well, I, I, well I just, actually... I'd just I, like to make a statement before we do that, if possible. Well, um, I know Councillor Freeman actually wanted to speak, yeah. but I don't know if we can now. We've gotten... No, oh, no, we can. OK, OK. Do you mind... Councillor Freeman did have his hand up for a while. Sorry. OK. Yes, thank you, Chairman. Um, if you go to the bottom of page 36 of the report, section 10.4, it points out uh, what is in a way obvious, that the new home, the new house, will be built to modern standards. And the one that's being knocked down is a 1980s creation. And in the 1980s, energy conservation didn't exist. You know, if you, if you were cold in winter, you just put in a bigger furnace. That was the way you did it. Uh, and so the new house would be much more energy efficient and I certainly support it. I think it's a shame that this rather large garage uh, on the lower part of that picture uh, where it's got three roof lights and there's only one now and the one that remains is a bathroom we're told it's, it, it's crying out for solar panels. You've got to cover that with solar panels and they haven't done it which is a shame. It's a lost opportunity but there we are. Other than that I have no objections to the application. Councillor Mills you wanted to speak. Yeah, just really to reiterate what uh, Councillor Higgs said, um, I know it's a fairly large garage, but the fact they've set it slightly further back uh, into the hillside, because the ground levels will be the same, it will actually therefore be more hidden by the hedgerow and by the existing hedges on the boundary to the adjacent property. So from that point of view, I think it will be reasonably screened. And from that point of view, I have no objection. The other thing that perhaps we ought to say is obscure glass in the bathroom window. But apart from that, um, I think uh, I would second Mr Hicks in uh, an approval or recommendation for approval. Okay. Well, with those... Sorry, did you want to speak, Councillor Fairhurst? Um, excuse my ignorance, but this, this, this question of a beetle, I've, I've never met one and I, I don't know what they look like, but um, was there or was there not a survey done? And if there wasn't one, is it a hugely prohibitive thing to do just to be all sure that it exists or doesn't exist? Um, because if it is, I mean, I just don't, I don't have any information. Apparently there is one or there isn't one and we won't let it. Well, I think, I think a lot of work has been done, but I'll leave it to uh, Mr. Stevenson to elaborate. Um, a survey hasn't been done, no, because uh, it was felt that it wasn't necessary for, that, for a specific survey for, um, for that beetle. So is it hugely prohibitive? Is it very expensive? Does it take years? What, what, what is involved? It's, it's because it's t it's, there's two issues here. is the reasonableness of asking them to do a survey, but the big issue is, is, this is it's the time 
issue. I mean, the fact in order to do this time, we are now beyond the season for beetles. So therefore, it is, it is, it is time prerogative in terms of there's such a small, small period. But I should add that in all my time being here, this is the most ecological responses we've had on this particular case. We've had three responses, each one saying, in terms of likelihood, there's risk assessments in terms of any impacts upon any potential of the beetle going, that there's not a problem. And, and adding the additional condition to actually ensure that any site clearances happen outside of those periods means, at best, that the beetles won't be harmed, they'll be, they'll be forced away naturally from that particular location, not, because, not from the locality, but from the actual sighting. So I think we really have done this one in, in terms of severe detail. But it's the timeliness, it's not the expense of the surveys, it's the issue. Sorry, again, ignorant. Um, this has been going on for a couple of months, years. Couldn't we have just done a survey? Wouldn't it have been easier? I don't know. I mean, is it, is it, does it cost millions? Is it, is it something, couldn't we just have done it? And then we've done it. Then, we, then it's a process we've been through. The lifespan for the beetle, um, the adult beetles appear at the end of April, beginning of May, um, um, and they're only around for about a month. By the end of June, they're gone. So there is only that time that a, a survey could be done. It wasn't submitted as part of the application. Um, the MPPF says that we have to... Sorry, I need to find the right... Um, that a survey is only necessary if the impact will be significant. So it's really assessing whether or not this would be significant. Um, and I think the judgment is that it's not, because especially if we're um, imposing a condition that prevents them from clearing it during the season that they're during the time period that they are around, which is what we're proposing to add to the, the approval. Right. I think, if you pardon the pun, we've done the beetle to death. So, if we could uh, perhaps um, go to the vote and with the with the conditions, the extra conditions. Um, so, do what, we have a proposal and a seconder for approval? Um, could I have a show of hands for approval, please? Five channel. Against. One. One. Thank you. Yeah. Yes, we, I was just about to say we're going to have a break because we're going to talk about Saffron Warden, so please. <laughs> Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Right, we'll start again. Yep, um, and this is UTT 15 stroke 1959 FUL Thaxted, and uh, Mrs. Denmark will give a report. Thank you very much. Thank you, Chair. This is an application relating to 25 Barnards Field Thaxted, probably better known as Barn Babies in Thaxted. Um, it's located in Barnard's Field towards the end of the access road and there's an access track whoops, going down the side here and then there's farmland open um, at the rear and then uh, the rest of uh, Barnard's Field is a residential housing estate. The proposal is to convert the existing building into seven flats and to construct an extension on the end here to create two additional flats. Um, it would be a mix of one and two bedroom units and there would be 17 car parking spaces provided including one here at the front and the, the extension would be this bit here um, which is going down there. This is the existing building so this is the approach as you come up Barnard's Field this is the elevation that you see. This is the rear elevation from within the car park area and the proposed extension here. This is the proposed extension here 
and here. And it's proposed to use matching materials to be in keeping with the existing building. Um, no issues have been raised by the consultees. One of the neighbours raised an issue with um, regards to overlooking from a bedroom window, which was this one here. Um, these plans have now been revised, and so we have this... I'm not quite sure what the technical term for it is, but this type of window here. Um, so it's actually blocked on the outside, but what you have is glazing on the sides, so it lets light into the room, but doesn't allow any overlooking of the property to the rear. Um, the, um, another issue that was raised by neighbours was flooding, particularly after the um, horrific flooding that Thatstead had um, in the past year and um, the site is existing hard standing anyway um, it's proposed that there will be uh, new permeable surfaces incorporated into the site with um, rainwater collection um, areas which will uh, slow, slow down the natural drainage out of the site um, so on that basis the application is recommended for approval We have no speakers, so uh, I don't know if any of the councillors would like to say anything. Committee? Hmm. Councillor Chambers. Just propose um, approval, Madam Chairman. Do I have a seconder? Sure. Councillor Hicks? Yes. So could we have a show of hands for approval, please? Thank you. Well, we come on to UTT 15-1662 FUL Saffron Warden, and I believe you are you declaring an interest in leaving the room. All three of you, is that right? Okay. Okay. Well, we're a bit depleted. Um, okay. So I'll ask Mr. Alana to give his report, please. Thank you. <coughs> Thank you, Chair. The application before is number 12 Hill Street, Saffron Walding. Uh, this is the application site here. This is the existing elevation. The title of this proposal is Change of Use from Class A3, A5 Restaurant Hot Food Takeaway to Class A5 Hot Food Takeaway, including the installation of replacement of structure and ventilation equipment. 
The site itself in land use terms is located within Saffron, uh, within development limit, uh, Saffron Warden Town Centre. The principle of the proposal is acceptable subject to the evaluation of the issues that are identified in the report. It is felt that uh, in consultation with our highway engineers, the proposal will not harm the living condition of adjoining properties. Conditions have been put in place to eliminate any nuisance in terms of the opening hours, as reported in, your, uh, in the committee report. <coughs> Another second issue is that the application, the site itself is a listed building. As an heritage site, we have consulted our conservation officer, which is also a separate application before you elsewhere, <coughs> for a listed building consent. Another issue raised on this application side is because it's within a flood zone area. And we have contacted the uh, Excess County Council drainage team. They reported on the 19th of August 2015 that this is not a major application, therefore no comment on surface water issue. In terms of highway, regarding the nature of the proposal, the highway engineers also raised no objection. The application before you is recommended for approval, subject to the recommended planning conditions. Thank you. Thank you. Sorry, Mr. Perry, you wanted to say Chairman, something. Chairman, there's one issue I discussed um, before the meeting uh, concerning condition 8. My understanding is that the intention is to limit the hours upon which the premises can trade, uh, but not necessarily to restrict the hours at which deliveries of ingredients for the products or um, packaging supplies for the food to be taken away can be delivered. And therefore, condition 8 should be amended by deleting the words to and from the second line. So it will read, there will be no collection or deliveries from the site outside the hours of 11am to 11pm, Monday to Sunday. Okay, thank you. Are we taking all these together? Right, sorry, can I just pick up that point? Mm -hmm. we, do, we do need to recommend a second condition, an additional condition mm -hmm. from a planning viewpoint because the way, first of all, we need to restrict two things. We need to restrict uh, takeaway, you know, this is going to be a takeaway, so there will be, uh, people will be able to phone in and take takeaways for which those requested hours are, are reasonable for that type of facility. But you are going to have lorries that are delivering commercially to the site as well. So what I was going to suggest is maybe we could say clarify Condition 8 to say except with the programme with the Local Planning Authority and United, there should be no collection of deliveries of products to customers uh, to and from the site during hours of 11 o'clock to 11 p.m. and maybe a suggested Condition 9 which says the same thing but delivery of goods to the premises. Um, Yeah, I, I was going to say between eight, between outside of 8 a.m. to to 6 p.m. Could I suggest because we do need to go outside of the, the normal opening hours for that, and that would cover both things. It clarifies condition A and it adds an additional control on condition nine. So that customers don't deliver goods to take away food premises. So you do need to delete the words to and from condition eight. Um, so no collection or deliveries from the site. In a separate condition, deliveries to the property will not take place between 6 p.m. and 8 a.m. the following day. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Sorry, I've got the. Um... Sorry, 
speakers. Yes, we've got the agent, Mr. Jonathan Rainey. Sorry, Mr. Rainey, I'm asked to tell you, are you going to speak to clarify whether you're going to speak on this or not? Yes. Because yes. there are, sorry, there are four applications. Yes. So I don't know if yeah. you're going to speak four times or... Are you going yes. to speak? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, it's so which means you're, you're, what you're saying may cover the other three applications, which I think is fine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I've, yeah, I think that's better. Thank you. That's one thing. Um, good afternoon, um, um, Madam Chair and Members. Uh, my name is Jonathan Rainey from Pegasus, and I'm here representing the applicant, who is Mr. Joshi. Um, as you've heard and you will hear throughout um, this committee, there are four applications in front of you today um, which facilitate the change of use from an existing restaurant and takeaway to a takeaway only. Um, all of these applications have been recommended for approval by Mr. Alana. Um, given that the site can lawfully be used in part of the takeaway, as Mr. Lana has already said, the principle of a, of a sole takeaway use is considered acceptable, subject to other normal planning considerations. The proposal will serve to bring a, a unit, a vacant unit that has been vacant since July 2014, back into use, and thereby enhancing the vitality and viability of Saffron Walden Town Centre. It will also generate full and part-time jobs, and these jobs will be sourced locally, supporting the local economy. The proposals will occupy a listed building which will result in the building being actively used and will ensure that the special fabric of the building will be protected and enhanced for the future. And as you've heard, these proposals have been supported by the Council's Conservation Officer. Uh, the opening hours of the unit are 11am to 11pm, uh, Monday to Sunday, and this can be controlled by conditions we've just discussed, or you've just discussed. Um, and for your records, and it is uh, set out in the committee report, there was a variation of condition application which was approved in 2005, which allows the premises to open until 11.30 p.m. at the weekends. Um, the site already includes extraction and ventilation equipment. However, this is proposed to be replaced with more modern and, and more, uh, a more efficient system that includes all the necessary measures to mitigate against noise and odours. Uh, all these required details have been supplied to the Council up front uh, as opposed to being secured by condition and these have been signed off by the Environmental um, Health Officer, the Council's EHO. With regard to highways, there is an objection um, to the proposals from Essex County Council. Um, any deliveries associated with the use will park in, um, delivery vehicles that is, will park in nearby public car parks close by. Um, any customers collecting food are also expected to park in the public car parks and there is a restrictive parking zone outside of, uh, directly outside of the site which prevents any parking on Hill Street. <coughs> um, in summary, it is considered by the, that the proposed scheme complies with national and local policy as evidenced by your officer's report and it is therefore respectfully requested that these applications are approved subject to the conditions you see appropriate. <coughs> Thank you. Thank you, Mr Rainey. Right, do, I, do we have to approve this one or go into the next one? No, you have to do this one first. Then. Right, okay. Right, um, I think you wanted to speak, didn't you, Councillor Chambers? I'm just going to uh, propose approval, Madam Chair. Right, do we have a seconder? <coughs> yes, I'm happy to oh, I think Councillor Mills has already seconded. Did yeah, you want to speak to that? No. no? Okay. So, um, can we have a show of hands for approval? Thank you. Okay, well, we'll go on to 
UTT 151663 stroke FUL again is that from Warden and Mr Alan would you like to speak to this please thank you chair Uh, it's still part of the same side that I've shown on the ordinance of a plan here but the issue we are looking at here in in terms of this application external alteration to the facade of the building including replacement of the existing roof on the on, on, on the existing lane two, replacement of customer entrance door, removal of later facial treatment and other minor alteration to the building. Uh, this is the proposed elevation. And uh, as I said, um, part of the scheme is to uh, carry out some external alterations, including the replacement of the existing roof on existing lane two, replacement of customer entrance door, Removal of existing faces treatment, which also is being dealt with elsewhere in a different application and other minor alterations to the building. As I said, the application itself is a listed building within the town centre. The alteration or the proposal before you is compatible with the character of the area in consultation with our conservation officer. The application is recommended for approval. Thank you. Does anybody like to, to speak? Councillor Mills? <coughs> yes, uh, yes, Mr Chairman. Um, could we, um, can we see sort of a proposal of what the new front elevation is going to look like? Is it that one on the left? Uh, the, yeah, what was previous and what are we going to have after we've approved them? Yeah, what does it look like now? It's really hard to approve something if we don't know what it looks like now. I think Councillor Mills is quite right no. asking. We don't know what we're looking at. We're going to approve something. We don't know whether it's an improvement, worse, or whatever. Okay? No, sure. I understand that. Sorry, everybody. No, no, right. No, that's that's a reasonable request, Councillor Mills, to be honest. because you know every takeaway. <laughs> something I don't. Something Uh, I should say at this point that uh, Mr. Allener has passed uh, a drawing around for the committee to see, as it was requested by Councillor Mills.
Happy with that, Council Mills? Perfectly, Mr. Chairman. Right. <laughs> okay. Uh, Councillor Chambers. Just propose approval, Madam Chairman. Okay. Do we have a seconder for that? Councillor Mills. All those in favour of approval? That's unanimous. Right. Um, we now go on to UTT 15 stroke 1660 stroke LB. Um, and Mr Alana will take us through this one as well. Okay, Councillor Chambers, you want to speak? Proposed approval, Madam Chairman, provided that there is no interference to neighbours with this, then I'm happy to propose it. Okay, is, you're happy with that, Mr. Alana? Okay, do we have a seconder? Councillor Mills, all those in favour of approval? Uh, replacement of customer entrance door, removal of uh, face, a later faces sign, treatment and other minor alterations to the building. Proposal also includes minor internal alteration to the existing building. Uh, again, this is part of a listed building consent. We have consulted our conservation officers and overall the scheme is considered acceptable. This is internal arrangement alterations that has been proposed, which has been scrutinized by our conservation officer, and overall the scheme is considered acceptable, subject to the condition attached to your report. It's hereby recommended for approval. Thank you. I'll propose approval, Madam Chairman. Propose approval. Do I have a seconder? Okay. So can we have a vote on that, please, for approval? Thank you. Right. We need to get Councillor Freeman, Councillor Lodge and Councillor Fairhurst back as they had declared an interest. Is Michael doing that or is somebody else? I think Michael's gone.
We have one. Where are the other stragglers? Well, there are two. Do we know where they are? All right. Okay. Ah, here they are. Yeah, we've got an umbrella here. Been to walk the yeah. yeah. Welcome home. <laughs> Ready? Okay. We'll go on to UTT one five stroke two three seven three FUL and that is Thaxted. And uh, Mr. Mills will now give his report. Clarence House is a Grade 1 listed building located off Watling Street in Thaxted with an authorised use as an adult education centre and library. Associated outbuildings line the western boundary. The application is for planning permission for a change of use to a single dwelling. The existing walled garden and driveway would provide private amenity space and off-street parking. Consultation responses include those from Historic England and the Council's Conservation Officer. Both of these have advised that the proposed use is the optimum viable use of what is an important heritage asset. For the reasons set out in the Officer's report, it is considered that the proposal accords with the local plan and that there are no material considerations which indicate that planning permission should be refused. It is therefore recommended that planning permission be granted subject to the conditions listed in the report. Um, just before I finish, um, I must say this um, application was called in by Councillor Foley, who I understand is unable to attend today, and I've been passed some comments from him, which I'll just read out for you. Um, the comments read as follows. Deep regret that this much-loved public building will not now be available for the people of Thaxted. Agrees with the Thaxted Society. That's the end of his comments. Thank you, Mr Mills. Right, we have um, a supporter... Uh, Mr. Edward Morgan, who would like to speak? Thank you, Madam Chairman. I'm Edward Morgan from uh, the agents appointed in the sale of uh, the property Lambert Smith-Hampton. And I'd like to thank officers for their clear report and analysis in arriving at the recommendation to approve this application, which Essex County Council, the current owners of the property, uh, fully endorse. Essex County Council has written explaining in some detail the context of the sale of Clarence House um, to the district, and I don't intend to uh, go over those in full detail, just to draw uh, attention to some salient points. The building is an important Grade 1 listed building, uh, originally constructed as a Georgian townhouse, and its return to its original residential use um, is, its, is the most compatible future use for the building uh, in tandem with its fabric and architectural importance. It's fully recognised by your officers, 
uh, of the District and Historic England um, in their consultation. It's important to know that one of the main problems of the continued use of the building for the County Council was the inability to adapt the building uh, to cater for modern day adult education and other services in an efficient and cost effective way which would enable access for all. The adult education services have therefore relocated to uh, flexible, uh, flexible accommodation in Saffron Walden where the building and the location um, are far more suitable for education needs and provide greater ease of access for all in all respects. In terms of the library facilities, the, this local community resource has been transferred to the community information point on Town Street in Thaxted. The challenges that the County Council were faced with are unfortunately true for considering other public facing uh, and publicly accessible uses for the building, where the inflexibility of the spaces uh, and circulation and access do raise issues for the long-term viability of these types of community use given the significant obligations to maintain the property's historic fabric and to run the building. We can confirm as agents for the sale that no other community interest was expressed to the property aside from the Thaxted Society. The County Council did make significant efforts and held lengthy discussions with the Thaxted Society to see whether there was potential for this group to buy the property. The offer of buying the property at less than market value was put forward the opportunity to occupy the property in the short term at a peppercorn rent to gain experience in operating and running the property was also proposed. The short-term licence was not pursued by Thaxis Society and following requests for more detailed proposals, it was clear that no identified funding streams for the purchase and ongoing operation of the property could be shown despite some further additional time uh, being given to the Society. In these circumstances, where a vacant listed property is a significant ongoing drain on public resources, the County Council has a duty to minimise the burden on Council taxpayers and recoup best value in the sale of its assets so that it can invest in the quality services that the public expects. Thank you very much. Right, we have a Mr Michael Culkin. Good afternoon, Madam Chairman, members and officers. Um, Thatcher Society is grateful for the opportunity to address you this afternoon. It's unfortunate that in <coughs> the last speaker's remarks he saw fit to draw attention to the apparent failures on behalf of the Society in securing this building. But I'm here to tell you that as a voluntary organisation, we're more interested in welcoming new residents to Thaxted, no matter where they live. However, after three years of lobbying and thousands of pages of documentation and submissions and many, many hours of work and many surveys and costs attached, we did get to a point at which we were unable to proceed against the restrictions that were put forward by Essex County Council. 
and they were indeed restrictions. But the lack of our objection here too does not render the proposal unobjectionable. Despite historic England's inevitable yet rather lazy support for use as a dwelling, Clarence House has in fact been in community use longer than it has been a dwelling. It was built for the doctor of the town and used as such. It had an addition as the apothecary's shop and was used as such. In fact, the back corridor of Clarence House was used as public access. It then went on to become a building used by Essex County Council for education, uh, residential outreach, and most recently for adult education. It did not fail in these endeavours and purposes. The idea that it was beyond the possibility of change in order to accommodate the public in adult education and other forms is ludicrous. If that were the case, it would not be possible to have the public wandering around Audley End or Longleat or any other large or small property. It is entirely within the capability of both designers and architects and indeed bodies that oversee them to make accommodations for the fact that it is an old and listed building but has to have certain restrictions placed upon it regarding health and safety. But the Executive Committee of the Thaxted Society voted unanimously to welcome and not pillory the owners of this important building but to draw attention to the sadness and disquiet as referred to by Councillor Foley at both the flawed policy and process. Clarence House's future was set in stone from the get-go. I don't want to interrupt you, but would you mind I will. winding I'm up, at please? the bottom of the page. Okay, lovely. Thanks. Where more enlightened authorities encourage and value community participation and amenity delivery, Essex County Council are engaged in a county-wide sell-off of immoral proportions. Both Essex County Council and Historic England are reminded by the facts of the society here that bricks and mortar are not just the family silver, but part of that family's life and culture. All very sad, but uh, welcome to Thaxted. Thank you, Madam Chairman. Thank you. Right. I'll throw it open to members. Would anybody like to speak? Sorry? Oh, of course. It's all right. I'll just take my pill and I'll be all right. Okay, sorry. Mr. O'Donnell, you're the applicant, I believe. Sorry, I didn't mean to miss you out there. Turn the mic. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, my name is Ben O'Donnell and I just thought it would be worth um, addressing the committee because obviously Clarence House is a very beloved building in the community. Um, I wanted to give you a little bit of background as to why we were looking to buy the property. Um, we currently live in London with our two sons. Um, we've been looking for some time to move back to Essex. My wife was born and raised in Ottlesford, um, in Willows Green in fact, um, and we spent the last two years exploring the local area for a place to settle, um, and we decided some time ago that Thaxted was, was that place. Um, when Clarence House appeared on the market, we registered our interest immediately. Um, we're fully aware that buying a house with such historical significance um, entails substantial control over what um, improvements are made. Um, we, we love this house. It was built as a family home and we want nothing more than to turn it back into a family home. It's as simple as that. Um, uh, we want our children to attend the local school and we would very much like to be part of the Thaxted community. Um, we've had very little visibility on the discussions around retaining Clarence House as a community asset. And I assure you that the last thing we would want is for the, um, to deprive the community of a valuable resource. Um, what I do know from reading the planning reports and, and from what I've heard is that the education centre and library have been successfully relocated and we were sort of heartened by the fact that none of the local community have um, directly um, uh, made any comments. Um, We've all uh, invested a significant amount of time and money to get to this point and I just wanted to reiterate, um, I believe this to be the case, that the property will be up for auction on Monday morning if a decision isn't reached, which I don't think would represent a favourable uh, re result for anyone. But, uh, this year marks 300 years since the house was originally built as a family home and we hope the committee agree that the time is right for Clarence House to return to being a family home. Um, and we just want to assure everyone that uh, if we're successful in buying the house, we will do everything we can to restore and care for this beautiful building and whilst being an active part of the local community. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I do know that Clarence House is held in great affection in Arthursford. My own boys went there as part of Crucial Crew, um, but things move on. So... Um, could, does anybody on the committee want to speak? Councillor Freeman. Can we just have a clarification? Uh, the house is currently still owned by Essex County Council, but will be auctioned on Monday. Is that correct? I assume you're asking me. Um, anybody that not can really. The well, to be quite honest, it's not really for us to, to know that information. I don't know what the circumstances are with the sale of it. What we're here to discuss is the change of use. So, I see I you're not pleased to with that response. Excuse me, Chairman. I was trying to ascertain whether the last speaker actually owned the property or is likely to own the property. It's a matter of um, probably of no consequence. You're absolutely right in planning terms. Of course, anybody can apply for consent or anything. Mm. Okay. <coughs> sorry, I don't think I can allow you to speak again. I'm sorry. Does anybody, uh, any other council, council launch wanted to speak? Yes, I can, I can probably... Uh, answer that question as a member of, uh, of Essex County Council. As I, as I understand it, um, there, there are discussions uh, on, on acquisition, which may well be the, the last speaker, who, who um, is the, I understand the sale process is going through. Is that correct? Yes. Um, 
And as I understand it, if that does not go through, then it will go to auction after that. So that is, that is the situation. I don't think there's anything um, as desperate as next Monday morning for that to happen. Okay, Mr. Brown, you just, want to whilst, whilst I have oh, the sorry. microphone, I was going <laughs> to speak. I would just like, like, like to say that I lis listened to uh, Mr. Culkin berating Essex County Council on its handling of this, and as a member of that council, I would uh, like to agree with him. Um, I, I do think that my authority, and this is also not relevant to the uh, planning say, application. I was going to say, I don't think we need to go there, it's, Councillor it's, it's Lodge. Not relevant, but, but I think that the council could, could have done more to, uh, to keep that in the public use. Okay, right. We'll move on. Councillor Hicks. Thank you, Chairman. Um, I suppose my only comment is that I, I have, um, over the course of the years, um, been to many, many functions at Clarence House, mm. and it's been a, a focal point of uh, the community in Thaxted for a long time. And so I'm uh, in common with other uh, expressions. I, I feel very sad that it's. Um, mm. uh, uh, apparently uh, it can't be retained in community use although it has been listed as an asset of community value so uh, yeah. um, it is sad but uh, at the same time uh, uh, I suppose one must uh, accept that uh, the next best thing is to have a, uh, a, a, a character building of this sort um, retained as a, a prominent landmark in Thaxted, and it's good that there is a, um, someone who's prepared to convert it into a family home. So um, I, um, I, I feel that in the prevailing circumstances, we would be well advised to um, approve the change of use, and I'm quite prepared to propose that, Chairman. Okay. Just Councillor Chambers, do you want to say something? Madam Chairman, can I, can I just say that I think we're all very sad about uh, Clarence House being mm. disposed of. Um, but if it becomes a house and it goes back to a family residence, it is in the centre of, of Thaxted and hopefully, because it's a listed building, it won't, the appearance of it won't change, so it will be there. Um, regrettably, this is going to happen. I would be delighted to second the uh, proposal by Councillor Hicks. Mm. Well, I think there are rules regarding listed buildings, so I think it's fairly safe. Uh, Councillor Mills. Uh, thanks, Madam Chairman. Um, one query I have got. Um, the parcel of land indicated on your um, documents is different to the parcel of land indicated on the drawing. Um, north of Margaret Street, presumably is the garden to the house. And if that is so, um, what's to stop that being developed separately? Um, just to clarify, okay, so I think the, probably the base for this plan was a land ownership plan of some sort. Importantly, the land outlined in red, which is this bit only, is the application site and the only bit subject to this change of use application. The garden is actually this area here. Okay. So anything that happens up here is outside the scope of this application. It's not something that you're, you're considering here today. Um, I hope that no. clarifies it. It clarifies it, but um, I can see something coming back there. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you. Well, we've had a proposer, and I'm happy to second that from the chair. So could we have a... Oh, have you? Oh, well... I would have been happy to second that as well. <laughs> so can we have a show of hands, please? Those in favour of approval? 
Those against? Unanimous. Yeah. Yeah. Unanimous. Right, well, we come on to UTT stroke 15 stroke 2218 stroke LB, and uh, Mr. Alana will give his report. Thank you, Mr. Alana. Thank you, Chair. This is the application site. Uh, members probably must be familiar with this particular application size. They exist in the uh, Northwest Bank within the town centre. The application before you see listed building consent for new external signage and branding and replacement of one external ATM machine, internal alteration, new external signage, one number of faces sign, one number of hanging sign, one number of light pocket three number of vinyl, one number of nameplate, and one number of suspended chevron. Revised application. It's revised application because the original details that was submitted was not acceptable by a conservation officer, and efforts were done, negotiated with the agent, and they came up with an appropriate design details in order to not to upset or affect the character and the setting of this particular listed building. Overall, the conservation officer felt that the revised scheme as it stands before you today is acceptable and in traffic terms it will not have any traffic implication. The scheme here is recommended for approval, subject to the recommended planning condition. Thank you. Thank you. Well, we have no speakers, so I throw it open to the committee. Councillor Freeman. Yes, thank you, Chairman. Um, it's not the uh, impact on the building uh, which uh, the Town Council in Saffron Warden, of which I am a member, is concerned about, is the impact on the town centre. Because we have a rule that within the conservation area we do not have any internally illuminated signs. That's a rule which has been rigidly enforced. Unfortunately, the conservation officer in their report failed to address that issue. They simply ignored it. Uh, and our concern is a single item, it's just one thing which can be dealt with by condition. Um, if you look at the projection at the moment, the elevation, uh, to the right of the door, there are three identical windows, and the centre one of those, and again, this is, if you can stop moving the cursor and put it on the centre one, that would be helpful, please. Thank you. Um, the centre one is a clear glass window, all three are actually. They're just used for advertisements at the moment. Occasionally they put posters on the inside, suspended ones, a bit like roller blinds. Um, and the plans that I've seen from the applicant uh, include a National Westminster Bank uh, triangle. It's the, it's the chevrons, red chevrons, um, chasing each other in an equilateral triangle. And that will be internally illuminated. It will actually be just inside the window. But the function and purpose would be the same as an external sign which is internally illuminated. And that is the single factor uh, about which uh, the Town Council was concerned. That's the reason 
on both, on this application and the subsequent ones, that is a single factor. If you condition that it could not have a, an internally illuminated sign inside a window, that would be fine. Mr. Allen, do you want to come back on that? Do we have any comments? Thank you. We are happy to follow to, by recommending non-illuminated faces and should be mounted as a condition. It has to be a condition rather than a recommendation. Agreed. You're happy with that, Councillor Freeman? Okay. Does anybody... Proposed approval, Madam Chairman. Okay. Do we have a seconder? Councillor Fairhurst? Can I have a show of hands for approval, please? Unanimous. Right, we go on to um, UTT 15 stroke 2220 stroke FUL. And Mr. Alana will give another report. <laughs> This application solely is addressing the proposed external ATM machine. As I said, this is the application site, and here we have the ATM machine. And uh, again, given the sensitivity of this heritage site, the conservation officer guided us to make sure we secured an acceptable ATM design in terms of accessibility. It's quite very easily accessible to uh, disabled uh, people. Overall, the scheme as it stands will not harm the character of the conservation area or the setting of the listed building. It will not have any implication on traffic or other road users. On balance, your officers recommend this application for approval subject to the recommended planning condition. Thank you. Councillor Freeman, you wish to speak? Yes, thank you. Um, that is, uh, the, the town council are perfectly happy with the ATM machine. Thank you for that. If you look to the right on this illustration, you will see the triangle to which I was referring, and that actually is an internally illuminated triangle, although it's inside the window. So that is why we requested that, that condition be applied. Oh, I see. Do you want to come back on that, Mr. Alana? Uh, we're happy to stamp in a condition to, to, uh, in order not to make that particular triangle to be illuminated, in order to preserve the character of the conservation area. Yeah, that's the next application. It's the internal application. Okay, if it's coming up next time, we'll deal with it then. Okay, so Councillor... Propose approval, Madam Chairman. Councillor Mills, seconded. Right, okay. Can I have a show of hands for approval, please? Yep. Unanimous, thank you. Right, so um, we come on to UTT stroke 15 stroke 221 stroke AV. And I should at this point say that Councillor Morris actually called this in as being out of keeping with the conservation area. Should have mentioned that before. Right, so Mr. Alana. This application is on the same side. The details here is new external signage and branding and replacement of one number external ATM machine, internal alteration, new external signage, one number of face of sign, one number of hanging sign, and one number of light pocket three vinyl, and one number name plate, and one number of suspended chevron, revised application. Uh, the issue before us here again is to ensure that uh, 
none of the details in terms of aesthetic uh, matters will lead to they're all considered to be non-eliminated. The application before you is recommended for approval, subject to the recommended condition from our conservation officer. Thank you, Mr. Brown. You would like to say yeah, something? Can I, I'm just going to clarify. I'm looking at confused faces over there, and believe me, inwardly, I was confused as well. There is a confusion here because you've got a list of building and you've got an advert application. The list of buildings for the internal for the alterations of the building require list of building consent. So the adverts should not really be referred to in the list of building. Only the works to actually facilitate the adverts. So and so that's what's happened. The ATM was something separate, which we now distorted with. We're now dealing with the adverts for which I'm picking up Councillor Freeman's comment about that, that chevron requiring to be... Yeah, so we will pick up that condition for what you've suggested last. And if you like to propose that again, then I'm happy to... Very briefly, uh, if you read the very small print and the projector doesn't have enough resolution for you to be able to do that on the screen, uh, relating to that chevron, it will actually tell you that it is internally illuminated. And we've all seen these things in, in West Bank as one of their standard signs. So again, I'm happy to propose the motion, provided that the chevron is conditioned to be non-internally illuminated. That means it doesn't have a light inside. I think of we, any sort. I think we know that, Councillor Freeman. Now, now. Seconded, Madam Chairman. Right. Thank you. With a light inside or without? <laughs> right. Stop messing about, you lot. Could, could we have a show of hands for approval, please? Thank you. Thank you, Councillor. Right. Mm. Mm. Right. We come on to UTT stroke one five stroke one eight four four stroke FUL, and Mr. Clive Fieldbold is going to take us through this. Thank you, Chip. Right, uh, this proposal seeks elevational treatment changes by way of variation of condition to four commercial industrial units previously approved for B1, B2, B8 uses under previous application for this undeveloped site at the top end of Shah Hill, opposite existing single storey commercial units, as more particularly described in the officer report. And uh, these are the elevational changes. This is the site, this is uh, the undeveloped area where they would go. Uh, that's the hard standing and Denkora Park is on the left hand side as the oyster units and as you can see from that direction. Um, no design objections are raised to the elevational treatment changes as now proposed by variation of the condition. Uh, now there's just uh, one piece of housekeeping and I was contacted by the applicant uh, uh, before lunch today and I'll just read through very, very quickly but I think it's important that you should know on one of the conditions on the uh, recommendation uh, of conditions, condition four, where it relates to a restriction to B1 use on the western end of the building closest to the boundary with Prospect Place um, there wasn't a site location plan submitted with this variation of condition application, but essentially Prospect Place is sort of to the left around here, and uh, the development um, proposed is to the right up, up here. So that's the context. 
just read it out to you quickly. My family company is the applicant for the above application. I have studied the proposed conditions for the above application going to committee today in the agenda. The report makes excellent points about the lack of new available industrial buildings in Saffron Walden, which was the motivation for our decision to develop the site. I have read the recommendation and the conditions for approval, but take issue with condition 4, proposing uh, the limiting of use to B1 user uh, in this respect. Um, when we acquired the site, uh, I couldn't understand this condition before. Uh, the condition had been created and used for the refurbishment permission for subdivision of the old dairy pipelines building into smaller units, and that is uh, those. It makes sense as some of the units are close to Prospect Place, that's to the left, uh, and the building has units at the western end, including some units very close to Prospect Place. By contrast, our development is a significant distance from Prospect Place and further away than the adjacent LPA building, which is to the right here, which you just pick up, they can't, on the air well, on the right, um, which has a general B2 user. Um, our development does not have units at the western end of the building. This condition should not have been used on the original planning permission in relation to our new buildings, uh, except for the extension works. Uh, we believe that this condition, when considered in its wording and original intention, when balanced against our building location, distance relative to Prospect Place and other B1, B2, B8 users adjacent to us and closer to Prospect Place, it is inconsistent and incorrect and should not be recommended as a condition for this approval. Our current application has reduced the building size and also moved the northern elevation further away from Prospect Place as the crow flies. In our capacity as landlords, we do find that restricting use classes to B1 does not does limit the potential range of its excellent employment creation tenants that will come to Saffron Morden and occupy our units, which was the basis for our decision to develop. I'm sorry that this is a last-minute thing, but it is an important point, and we would be most appreciative if you were able to resolve this error at committee today. So I've considered uh, that request, and um, it was certainly the case that before that condition was imposed for many reasons, uh, near to Prospect Place for the other units, but uh, the distance from the, the nearest house in Prospect Place over to, to here is um, 50 metres, and uh, it's considered by, by that separation distance that it would be unreasonable in the circumstances to reimpose the, con the condition on this permission, um, and in order to provide maximum use flexibility for the new buildings, which is why I understand the applicant wishes to locate his business here and provide lease flexibility to other remaining users. So, uh, Chairman, it is recommended that uh, the application be approved, but with the removal of the condition 4. Okay. Is everybody okay with that? Do we have any speakers? No? Propose that with the extra condition. Yes, with the extra condition. And you second it. Right, so Councillor Lodges is going to uh, propose that and Councillor Freeman second that. Can we have a show of hands for approval, please? Thank you. All right. We've got you... TT 15 stroke 2413 stroke LB and Mr Brown is going to take us through this one. Thank you Chairman. Now believe me this one is very straightforward. Um, 
slides and go through the. That's it. I'm going backwards for some mm, reason. Got the bank. How's that work? <laughs> that's it. It's the loft of this very building. Um, there are currently a number of roof lights. Well, there are currently roof lights on the front. In essence, they leak. <laughs> and so all they want to do, or we want to do, is replace those existing roof lights with ones that don't leak. It's a like-for-like -like replacement. The Conservation Officer has no objections, and the application is recommended for approval, Chairman. Propose approval, Madam Chair. Councillor Mellish, you're seconding that. Okay, can show hands, please, for approval? Unanimous. Right. UTT stroke 15 stroke 2572 stroke TCA. And Mr. Brown is going to take us through this again. Council's tree officer has, has recommended the works as an appropriate form of works. And as for the two, two, two of the yew trees to be removed, one is, in the, in the tree officer's comment, comments, to internal decline, and the other one is a small specimen. And so, therefore, the application is it is recommended that no objection be raised to, to their removal. Anybody wish to speak on that? Oh, you're active today, Council. Oh, I know, I know. <laughs> Councillor Melshaw, second to the. Can second I have a show of hands then, please? Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> right. We now come on to planning agreements. And Mr. Perry, I believe you're going to take it, please. Just my information, Chairman. Information. Right, okay. So, urgent business? None. No? Anybody got any urgent business? No? Well, I... No? Okay. I declare the meeting closed, and thank you very much for your patience. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>